All right. So hello, everyone. Welcome to the Prof Subtraction podcast. And I'm very excited because I'm here today with Brimstone, who is a serial entertainment entrepreneur. You might recognize him. He is a former professional wrestler. He is a radio host, a professional podcaster. He is an actor, an author, a musician, a philanthropist. He is also a horror model. So hopefully you won't scare our listeners too much today. <laughs> and he is also a comic book, a children's book, and a video game hero. So here is our one-of-a-kind Brimstone. Welcome to the show. Oh my God, Steve, let me tell you, it is an honor and a privilege to be here. I've been waiting for this moment for you and I to get into the nitty gritty of everything and have a great time. So I'm super excited to be here today. And thank you so much for having me on. I want to thank you straight off the bat because I know that that you have a really, really cool show and I'm super honored to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. I'm very excited because you are really a different types of entrepreneur that have been on the show uh, recently. So I want to really get into understanding what makes you tick and how you operate uh, in the entertainment business, which is a special type of business. So, so tell me a little bit, how does one become an entertainment entrepreneur? How does it even happen? Well, first and foremost, you said what makes me tick. That's a scary place to go, my friend. Very <laughs> scary place to go. Uh, no. You know, an entertainment entrepreneur, here it is, is people miss the fact that entertainers are entrepreneurs. They're one and the same. And, and people forget that entertainment, whether it's pro wrestling, music, art, actors, uh, you know, voice actors, you know, models, it's still a business. You're running a business, you're running a brand and a brand is very important to make sure you treat it as a business because it can do many things. Uh, you know, the brimstone brand outside of just me as a person has many legs and, you know, it can go in many different directions. So in, in terms of how does somebody come an entertainment entrepreneur, basically you're in entertainment and, you know, you do everything you can to continuously build your brand and build upon your brand. You know, in terms of Brimstone, Brimstone is a brand, it is a business, and then there are businesses within the business. You know what I mean? So now you're talking about, aside from Brimstone, the character, the person, the persona, and the personality, you know, I have the Grindhouse Radio, I have Hound Comics Inc. Hound Entertainment Group, I have my sauces and seasonings, I have my my old coffee line, I had a cologne line, I had toys, I, you know what I mean? Animated stuff, children's books, comic books. So everything underneath that, you know what I mean, is it's a business and each one, you know, there's a different, you know, um, different needs have to be met for each one. So um, part of becoming an entrepreneur in general is one, believing in yourself, two, wanting to put something forward into the world that one may not have been in the world prior, or two, something that you just want to do because you know, hell, you, you want to have some fun. You don't want to be the, the you know, the, the person who sits back and, you know, forgets their about their dreams. You know, I'm here to build my dreams and leave a legacy, you know. So for me, you know, um, you know, entrepreneurism, um, the, the marketing, sales, relationships, everything's about relationships, whether it's, you know, when you're talking about the business business side of things or the, you know, general entertainment side of things. It all meshes together. You know what I mean? So I hope I'm making sense, Steve. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and I'm, I'm you know, taking copious notes here. Uh, it's a very inspiring message to my ear, being an entrepreneur myself. So so tell me, what when was the moment when you realized that you're not uh, just an employee of someone else and being entertaining on account of other people, but you actually have your own 
brand, so to say, perhaps, or maybe you, you want to take charge of your own career and you want to take the steering wheel over and you want to drive it yourself? First of all, I like being my own boss. That That's first and foremost. You know, why build somebody else's dream when you can build your own? You know, that's that's a, an obvious. Way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look, a lot of people look, they, they're built that way. They want to work a nine to five. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people, they want that, you know, um, security, you know, but to be completely honest, you're building someone else's business, their dreams, and and there is no security because you can work for a place, a nine to five or, you know, and, and you could work that place for 10 years and all of a sudden they decide, well, we're closing down. Thank you for your service and you're out. Or, you know, you, you, you missed a fax one day and then all of a sudden the boss is pissed off at you and you're out. And these things happen way too often. So you're investing in somebody else's business by, you know, by them investing in you and giving you your, your salary. So if you want that life and you want to live that life, there's nothing wrong with that. For me, I can't do that. Have I done it? Of course I've done it. You know what I mean? I've been in the business world in terms of, of, you know, marketing, advertising sales. I've worked for some of the biggest publications in New York, you know, as well as uh, have built other companies, you know what I mean? So it's nothing new to me, but you know, when, when it's your own and it's your own baby, you know, you tend to or you should tend to want to give it a little extra love. You should be giving it 200% instead of, you know, 100%. And for me, like, it, it was, I, it started a long time ago. You know, I, I was in entertainment. I've been in entertainment for 41 years. I'm, I'm 46. I started at five. I was on Sesame Street and Romper Room as a child actor. Then I toured the world in music. I toured the world in pro wrestling. And then, you know, I, I stopped. I had, you know, personal things going on in my life. I took a step back. And when I took a step back, I said, you know what, I'm going to, you know, work a regular job for a little while and, you know, just kind of get myself out of the entertainment mindset for a hot minute because I just needed to take a break. And, um, you know, this is little known. I don't talk about it often. And when I did that, you know, I, I wound up getting into bed with, you know, a company that, you know, had a lot of chutzpah. They did, you know, it was a good, it was a good company. And I wound up, you know, working with them for quite some time, but, you know, one of the people that I dealt with there, who was one of the owners, even though I had a piece of what, what I was doing, it was, there was no respect there. It was very disrespectful. You know what I mean? You know, it's, it was like I was working against myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, working for somebody else. And one day I just had an epiphany and I said to my wife, I go, listen, you know what? I got to go back into entertainment. I'm sick of this. You know, they used to joke around and, oh, you know, oh, you know, oh, brimstones the has been or whatever, you know, just. Just being stupid because I'm cut from a different cloth. I have long hair. I had a goatee at the time. I have earrings. I'm unapologetically myself. I'm unapologetically authentic. You know, so like, you know, people, you know, when they're cut from the cloth of, you know, I need to wear a shirt and tie every single day and um, you should have a short haircut and, you know, <laughs> and, and what do you call it? And this is how you should look. This is how you should act and what you should be. That's, that's not me. You know what I mean? So the fact that I was better than, People that, you know, were, were working in this company and, you know, I posed a threat. I wound up becoming the, you know, uh, the mark of, of, you know, hey, this, uh, you know, he, let's make fun of him or let's, you know, talk smack or, you know, just belittle the stuff that he was doing that I, that I'd done in the past, you know, in terms of wrestling and so forth. And I was like, you know what? I'm, you know, making money. I'm doing good. I'm doing well. You know, I'm not touring. I'm home. I'm with my family. But you know what? I need to, I need to get back into, into entertainment. That was when I had the epiphany. I said, you know what, forget this. And, you know, I said, I can do all this and I can do it on my own and I could be 10 times more successful. And, and I was sick of just being under somebody's thumb. 
And, you know, I basically told him, I said, you know what, look, I'm, I'm done. You know, it was a big problem because I was a big player. So they were going to lose a hell of a lot of money when I left. And that being said, you know, I told him, see ya and told my wife, I'm going to be very busy for the next couple of months. And I wound up getting back into, I made a couple of calls and I started doing appearances and red carpets in Manhattan again. And, and, you know, I was doing like three, four, five, sometimes even six a night where I would be hopping from one to the next to the next, you know, and just rebuilding my brand. I just had to rebuild my brand, not as a pro wrestler per se, not as a former musician or child actor per se, but, but Brimstone as a personality. A lot of people, they don't know how to play the game. I knew how to play the game. I just needed to take a break from the game. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you're playing a good game of Monopoly, but, you know, it gets heated. You need to step away for a minute, you know? <laughs> but so yeah. it was the same type of concept, except, you know, on a much bigger scale. And once that happened and once I started doing that, I really, I got back into the the swing of things and started, you know, rubbing shoulders with the people that I, I had been prior, as well as people that I had not known prior and, you know, my career just started really moving in the right direction. From there, you know, I, I had started the uh, the comic book, um, what do you call it, and the, the, the publishing company, uh, because I was doing publishing for this other person. And I had already been in publishing for many years, you know, before I was, you know, I was touring in, in pro wrestling and, and working for a major publication, making six figures at the time. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, so, I, you know, I, I, I kind of knew the ropes. But now I was doing it all for myself. You know what I mean? And that was that was the start. If you want to pinpoint a position where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pick up and I'm just doing this full time and it's Brimstone full time and that's it. And I never looked back. You know what I mean? So, so what is the Brimstone brand about? Brimstone brand in a nutshell is, you know, I am, I am a personality. I am a personality that does many different things. Depending on what industry I'm sitting in, I'm, I'm dealing in is where I would kind of prime you know what i mean <laughs> kind of go into like from the comic book industry well brimstone is is a comic book character animated character kids book character what do you call it a video game character we're toys the whole nine yards so brimstone is the 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 character is a spin on the former pro wrestling character that i that i portrayed i own the character i own the trademark the whole nine yards on that so you know i took that and i spun it into the comic book and the series and so forth and basically it is the the character you know that uh that was in the ring, but tuned up a notch. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, you, you like larger than life kind of character. Yeah. A larger than life. See, see, here's the thing is everything with me is always next natural progression. You talk about blueprints of a career and I will get to everything if, you know, if, if you'd like me to, but the blueprint of my career is the next natural progression. What is the next natural progression of this? How does everything tie into each other? And, um, I'm, I'm very, it's very important to me that whatever I do makes sense. Everything, even though you might look at the, you know, with the naked eye and say, how the hell does this all work together? It all works together and I can show you. But specifically when you're talking about, you know, pro wrestlers, what are they? They're, they're cartoon characters. They're comic book characters. They're larger than life. You know what I mean? They get in the ring most of the time, big, big guys and, you know, tossing people around doing high flying things or powerful moves. These are, these are superheroes. So that was the next natural progression. I said, you know, let's take Brimstone. And let's flip him into a comic book character. Let's make him into an animated character and so forth. And then things rolled from there. You see what I mean? So that is that part of the brand. Brimstone is a brand. I'm a personality and I'm a brand. I can go into any different direction. I'm in the foodie world. I'm in the comic world. I'm in the music world. 
kind of, sort of, not as much as I was. Pro wrestling world, you know, even though I'm semi-retired, you know, there's, there's, you know, even in the acting world, I'm slated as Brimstone. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's, that's, you know, who I am at this point. Am I a guy from hell? No, I'm not, it's a gimmick, people. I'm a nice guy. It's just a gimmick. What do you call it? I'm Jewish. So, you know, we don't believe in hell. So the whole, the whole point behind the Brimstone character in general is it was a joke. It was a because you know I'm a, I'm playing a guy who who's who guards the entrance to hell was the the wrestling gimmick. I so you know like that was a gimmick you know back when, but the gimmick I made sure that it was going to be something that would be memorable and marketable later on. So now you're talking the comic book. It's not the guardian of hell, but technically he is. He's one of the border hounds. Brimstone and his crew of border. This is Brimstone and the border hounds. Brimstone and his crew of border hounds are Hell's version of the Border Patrol. Basically, they're not meant to keep people out. They're meant to pe- pe- keep people in. And it's like, it goes on from there. And I, you know, it, so there's a whole, you know, uh, Bible that that's concerning uh, Brimstone of the Border Hounds and that, you know, uh, specific character of Brimstone, you know. And I hope I'm making sense. I know I'm jumping a little bit here and there, but uh-huh. trying to, you know, keep with the flow of the show. Uh-huh. Okay, that's great. So when you are thinking about how you can harvest your brand or or how you can evolve your brand, are you opportunistic about it? So you kind of you, you keep your antennas up and whenever there are opportunities, you just latch on to it in an opportunistic basis? Or are you intentional? You have like this, this grand plan, this grand design, and you have this vision where you can take your brand over time and you're putting the bricks on each other. What is your approach? a great question and and not everybody asks that question so that's it's a good one the fact is is i do a little bit of both for the most part i do have a grand scheme and uh other times things kind of fit in perfectly you know what i mean when when sometimes even when you least expect it an opportunity arises and you go ah that'll work you know for instance um you know i was i started doing years ago when i started doing the comic book again i decided you know i said to my my um director of operations at the time, Aton Wish, who I'm very close with still, he said to me, he goes, he goes, well, you know, Brim, you know, I, I, I said to him, I'm sorry, I said, I said, Aton, you know, I don't want to be out on the road again while I'm supporting the comics and the kids' books and so forth. I don't want to go out on the road and I don't want to see and, and not see where I'm going. I said, for years, I toured, I've done, you know, so many things, I've accomplished many feats, but at the end of the day, I'm constantly in trains, planes, and automobiles. I'm in the insides of hotel rooms. I'm in the insides of, of convention halls and, and you know, and so forth. I'm not seeing any any of the world, you know, I, I'm not seeing the world. I said, you know, I, I want to do something different. He goes, well, what do you want to do? I go, well, I want to, I said, I like to talk. He goes, yeah, we know that, Brim. And I go, I go, and I like to eat. He goes, we sure as hell know that too. I said, hey, watch yourself there. Watch it now. But anyway, so I said, let's, let's do something in the foodie world. So then we put together a show and we started doing the show called Food Hound Tidbits, which we did for three seasons. We took people from the convention floor to the tabletop, you know, at anywhere from five-star restaurants to mom and pop hot dog shops. So we started, we started a series and that was before you know, everybody was doing like foodie stuff on YouTube and on social media and so forth. You know, it was, we were one of the first that was doing that. So we were on that, we we're on food tube, we were doing a whole bunch of different things and we we're very popular. And, and we would bring on other celebrity friends of mine that would come and they would come out and dine with us. So they would come from the convention, we'd go and do it and, and have fun. Now, where I'm going with this was that was a start of that, that plan and that business. And now the food hounds, since I was doing that, I'd always, I've always been one of those guys that I, I am, you know, my mom right, raised me right. 
seasoning sauce you know what i mean i am a sauce boss and uh you know i wanted to i've always wanted to have my own sauce and seasoning i always did i always put together stuff in my own kitchen so i was in ohio and you know i i it just like everything presented itself in such a perfect way and i was i was so busy i had i had a lot of people that came to see me and what do you call it? i was signing it at uh the convention center in, in uh at wizard world and I needed to take a break. And uh, one, of, one of my people from that area had said, you know, if, if you, um, you want to take a break, you know, right across the way is this place called the, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, my God. I can't believe I just blanked. Central Market, something market. I can't believe I just blanked down on it, but unimportant. So right across, it was like a market. It was like a little bit of everything. It was like foodie heaven. Okay. So, but they were like, you know, there's a lot of cool places in there. So I went in, I went and I found a, um, this popcorn place, popcorn Pam. I rem I remember her and, you know, she had had the, these caramel apples with hot, you know, popcorn wrapped around it. And I was like, hot damn. I said, this is so good, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And everything's good. And I said, you know, I I'd love to do a food hound tidbit here, you know? So we wound up going there after hours and we did the, the food hound thing. And, uh, I got to talking about the hot seasoning and she's like, yeah, my buddy, my buddy, uh, you know, John over at uh, K John's uh, helped me with that. He put it together and, and hooked me up with that. And I was like, K John's, what's that? Turns out that K John, John Hart is the, what do you call it? Uh, like the godfather of hot sauce. And uh, what do you call it? He's like a, a multi-award winner of every one of his sauces and seasonings. And he's very well respected in the industry. So long story longer, I'm going to try to cut it shorter for the sake of time. <laughs> Um, and I'm sorry, I could talk forever, but what do you call it? She introduced me to them and uh, I got on the phone with John. I was heading back from, from tour and we wound up since I had a long, a long time, uh, uh, ahead of me cause we were driving to the next city. Um, cause it was like towards the, the tail end of the tour. Um, I wound up being on with him for about an hour, two hours, whatever it was. And we were just sitting and, and yapping back and forth. And, um, you know, myself and my buddy Bumblefoot, who uh, he was lead guitarist of Guns N' Roses at the time, uh, Guns N' Roses at the time. And, um, you know, he does it's an amazing one of the top guitarists in the world. And uh, he always is always looking for the hottest hot sauce. You know what I mean? The hottest thing. And I was like, I'll, I will find it. I will find whatever's going to be the hottest thing for you to to, to taste. I'm going to find it for you. And I, <laughs> and I did. And I did by finding John. But uh, but I said to John, I go, you know. Would you be interested in doing, um, you know, kind of working with myself and and Bumble will do, you know, to do a couple of celebrity brands through K Johns. And, um, you know, and he's like, I would love it. So between all three of us, we came up with our schedules. We figured it out. We had th uh, two days, two days uh, in Ohio that we sat down and we played mad scientist and actually came up with all of our flavors. And, uh, you know, all of our sauces and seasonings, which became, you know, all award winning sauces and seasonings. And, you know, and that is how my seasoning next natural progression from the food show is the food products from right. there. Next natural progression. I had candy and then I had what do you call it? Um, uh, chocolate bars. I had coffee line, you know, now. The way that it all links together and Steve, you may or may not find this interesting, but it's all like internal marketing is that inside the comic book. All right. Now, mind you, I'm, I'm signing at all the conventions. They, people know about Food Hound tidbits. They know about this. They know about that. Now, inside the comic book, there is a place in, um, in the comic where 
all of the main characters go to hang out. It's kind of like in Friends where they go to the diner or uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the coffee shop or in Seinfeld, they go to the diner. You know what I mean? So they went to a place called heaven, right smack dab in the middle of hell. Get the get the joke there and uh, complete with stairway, stairway to heaven. I, I always throw it in there. But what do you call it? So, uh, but in there you have, you know, just like any other bar, they have like little things up on the on the the bar. So one of those things is grub munchies and other stuff. Well, that's my candy line in real life. Mm-hmm. And then what do you call it when you were talking about the um, um, they'll talk about sweet heat treat wings or grindhouse burgers. Those are all grindhouse seasoning, sweet heat treat sauce. You see what I'm saying? Awesome sauce. So all this stuff was all in the comic book as well. So it's all marketing. You see what, you see what I mean? Uh, within the actual comic. So you didn't have to be, you know, if, if you, if you were a fan of the comic, you know, now you know about the product lines. So you can actually make this stuff in real life. And if you're not a fan of the comic, you could still enjoy the the, the products because they're real products. And on the flip, if you recall, I said the Grindhouse Seasoning, Grindhouse Radio. See how it all ties together? Everything is tied together in one way, shape, or form. Some more in-depth than others. And that <laughs> is, and so so the, the sauce and seasoning, to get back to the original question, that turned that was an opportunity you know i had thought about it in the past but it, it was an opportunity that came up the same thing with the um like my chocolate bars you know that you know now they're they're defunct because sweet hollywood went out of business um but sweet hollywood in california i did my my stuff there why because i worked with stan lee and and you know and stan had his candy bars there so they had a whole you know brimstone shrine in there you know which was fantastic you know so some things happen with opportunity and with name value other things happen because I seek them out, like eSport backpacks. Mm-hmm. And those backpacks were sold in Walmarts all around the world. They were also on the Big Bang Theory. You know what I'm saying? And and this is how things work. You know what I mean? So some things present themselves. Other things you got to work for. Um, but let's make no mistake. You're working for everything. You see what I mean? Like <laughs> even if they're presented to you, you're still working. You're still going through business plans. You're still building, you know, out, out, um, you know, uh, um, you know, everything you need to make sure that that specific aspect of your business is well put together. Mm-hmm. Am I making sense? I hope I'm making yeah. sense. Yeah. So how do you make sure that when you have all these different products and and platform and media and everything that you keep uh, them uh, growing and you don't diffuse yourself too much, you don't spread yourself too thin? Because sometimes, I don't know, for example, your spices, okay, it's in the comic book, but the comic book is like a niche audience who actually read comic books. Mm-hmm. So you can't rely on that driving the sales for your seasonings. So essentially, it's a different business. Mm-hmm. And if you are doing too many different businesses, how do you keep it all together? And how do you keep them all growing? And and how do you fuel your brand? Great, great question. I One, time management is a huge and very important thing calendars are an amazing thing um my wife is an amazing woman and my assistant (laughs) you know is an amazing person so um i'm very very well organized for the most part in terms of time management and making sure that i give everything it's due um you know uh amount of time so you know in terms of the sauces and seasonings see the cool thing about the sauces and seasonings is not only do you know forget about just being in the comics when i'm doing appearances at any events i'm doing conventions if i'm doing foodie events they're there with me i have them out so they're they're out to sample and purchase you see what i mean so i'm i'm marketing while i'm out 
promoting, you know, and doing my, my, my own thing and signing for fans. So that's the key in that type of situation where I was able to do that. I did a lot of interviews. I did a lot of people, um, you know, requesting the product for samples, you know what I mean? To do reviews. So like if you go to my official website, um, you know, you can see one of my new sauces that's out. It's called Torch Stone Tie, which is sold very, very well. There's a ton of different reviews. So that also helps with the sale of things where, you know what, if people are interested, they're going to find it. They're going to look it up and they're going to say, oh, wow, look at this. And these are all reputable people that are all in the industry that I know because I've gone, I've put the time in. I've made sure that, you know, when I'm doing my regular court tour at the Comic-Cons, guess what? All right, well, there's the hot sauce convention here, a hot sauce festival there, uh, you know what I mean? A foodie thing here. And now I'm wrapped into that world as well. So now that is in my normal tour schedule. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in, in a week, I might be doing, you know, a Comic-Con, then a foodie event, then a business event, then a podcasting event. You see what I mean? Because it all works at the schedule on yeah. different days. So now keep that, different parts. You, you keep yeah. you exposed to different uh, audiences. Yes. And then you can cross sell those audiences through your brand. Right. And the other products and services. That's a very fascinating uh, business model. It's, it's, it's very, a, very different. It's original. You know, there are a couple other people that do such and stuff like that. Uh, like you, you got Gene Simmons, who who puts his face on everything. You know what I mean? Who's very impressive. Um, and he's one guy that I love to sit in corner in a room and, and have a, an hour conversation with. But, you know, in, in terms of of um, building and branding, you know, like I'm I'm a little bit of everything, which also makes it the one thing that, that it does do that makes it a little difficult is, um, you know, when when people are not as familiar with me and they're not necessarily in my fan base, um, what do you call it? And they're kind of looking at me. They don't, they, they, they don't know where to look first. You know what I mean? That's the only thing that there's an issue, you know, and, and people look at me and they go, okay, wait, where, where do I start? <laughs> you know? and, yeah. and, and that's okay. You know what I mean? That's okay. Because I'm, I'm here to leave a legacy. I want to leave, you know, behind something that, you know, people are going to remember and I want to leave back, uh, leave behind something for generations. And I want to leave behind something that's going to take care of my family for, you know, for, for uh, decades, you know what I mean? If not for generations, you know what I mean? So, so that's so what, what I'm doing. The legacy? What is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Yeah, I, I want to leave behind, you know, you've got the great people in the world that, you know, some that I happen to look up to and, and happen to have been friends of mine. Somebody like a Stan Lee, you know, who everybody and their mother knows who Stan Lee is. Stan is, he, he put, you know, good out into the world. He taught, you know, lessons um, in his work. And that's the same type of thing that I'd like to do is to be mem rem remembered for years and years and years to come and to be and have my body of work looked at and and admired for years to come and to inspire i aspire to inspire my thing is i like people i want people to look at me and say if he did that i can do that you know what i mean and and i'm i'm all for it you know i give back all the time you know in terms of time and charity and so forth and i i want other people to do the same thing i want to be remembered as a a good person you know and and a a person who really did a lot and and accomplished a lot Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So, so what would you know if you look back on your career and your entrepreneurial career? What is it that you would have done differently had you known, you know, had, had you known what you know now? Um, you know, had you known it better, what would you have approached differently? 
There are a couple of things, you know, that I can talk about, other things I can't. One thing that I certainly would not have done, there's a couple of people that I brought in on partnership sides, uh, you know, of businesses that I've owned that I, I really should not have brought in. Uh, they were the wrong person and they wound up being very detrimental to the business as well as my personal, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, mental health and so forth, you know, like, so there in anything you do, there's going to be somebody that's going to come around and sometimes it's hard to sniff them out because they're very good at being deceiving. And, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, is sometimes it can be a cancer. And if you don't catch that cancer early, it spreads and it spreads and it spreads and it causes a major, major issue. So I've had, I, I trust way too easily, or I should say I did trust way too easily years ago. And, uh, that's one thing I would have changed. I would have vet, I would have had a very, I would have had a stronger vetting process of the people that I worked with. And not all the time, just on a couple of occasions. There's a couple of key people that I just <laughs> was a big problem. And that's and that's really it. Everything else, you know what? I like to make mistakes. I accept failure because if you don't make mistakes and you don't fail, those are the key elements and the key ingredients to success. You can't succeed if you don't fail. You can't, you know, do better if you don't make mistakes. You need to continuously learn. And anybody who thinks they know it all, they're a fool and, and you've already lost. Fact of the matter is, is you're always learning. You're always going like anytime I go into a new arena, I don't know anything about the, you know what, what I'm doing. I learn it. You know what I mean? I go in and I I I want to learn about it. I want to to grow in that industry and, and figure things out and, you know, see how it ticks, you know? And, um, you know, for me, you know, that's, that's, that's part of the, the, um, interest, you know what I mean? In getting into these things because people, people, you know, sometimes they do things just because they think they have to do them. You know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. I want to do things. I want to be adventurous. I want to try new things. I want to put things forth into the world and I want to learn. I want to be a wealth of knowledge. So when I do have a conversation, whether it's a business, you know, uh, interview or an entertainment interview or this, I, I have answers, you know, to kind of give, and that might help other people. You know what I mean? However, everybody needs to make their own mistakes. Everybody has to go through. So as a mentor, as somebody who mentors people, you know, I, I think it's a, a very good, good to have uh, that wealth of knowledge to kind of give to people in different creative um, type of, of positions. Because mm -hmm. there aren't enough creative mentors out there. Everybody, there's a lot of a lot of business mentors. You know, you have score, you have this, you have that, and the next thing. But they're not necessarily, they're all cookie cutter. You know what I mean? They feel that everything is a cookie cutter type of business. In entertainment, um, you know, or even specifically entrepreneurship in entertaining uh, or uh, entertainment or creative style businesses, it's not all cookie cutter and they need somebody um, that, that can help guide them, you know, to, to make the right decisions, even though it is important for them to fail and it's important for them to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So talking about cookie cutter, are there any frameworks, business frameworks that you used in building your brand and your business or did you model your business in any way uh, on someone else that you saw was doing something that you liked and they did and you thought maybe I can do that maybe I can grow my business my brand in that way and, and build it up like that person you want to hear the silly thing about this I had no idea what I was doing I did it all by myself and I said 
I, you know, like there are certain things that like inspired me here and there, but every single time I got into something new, I, I learned it on, on along the way, you know, the, and, and some of them were happy accidents. Um, Hound Comics Inc., Hound Entertainment Group, you know how that happened? I sat with one of my friends, uh, Marcello Carnavale, who was with me in pro wrestling. And um, I said to him, I go, look, I, I would like to turn, you know, Brimstone, board, Brimstone into a comic book. And um, he was the person I sat with because he was a writer. He did writing. And uh, we sat down for a cup of coffee. Should have been an hour. Five hours later, we had a Bible. You know what I mean? And, and written. And, you know, we started promoting and doing the comic. And I said, I, so, you know, like Marvel and DC Comics, Image Comics, the big ones, were all in, you know, uh, Borders Books and Barnes and Noble. So I said, well, so I guess modeling after them. Yeah. In order to show how big of a deal you are, you need to be in these places. So, yes. I put more, you know, effort into marketing and advertising so that I could afford to then, you know, go and put them into Borders. And then when Borders was closing down, we pulled and went into all the Barnes and Nobles and B. Daltons in the country um, just to show that we could play ball. Um, and we were the only independently owned and operated comic in every single one of these locations. Um, so we were playing ball with the big, the big boys. So when I was out and, and I was promoting this at the conventions, I'm going to tell you exactly how this happened. It was... It, bizarre because i had no idea what i was doing steve no idea um i knew publishing i had a career in publishing so i knew a lot about it but and i i was like i'm self-publishing the book i'm doing hound comics is just going to be the brimstone comic and you know anything else we decide to put out <laughs> i'm sitting and i as i told you i was getting back into the conventions and doing uh, appearances and so forth so i did an appearance and i'm i'm with uh some old friends of mine uh, Peter and Angie Mayhew. Now, you guys might not know it by the name, uh, but Peter Mayhew is Chewbacca from Star Wars. So these are good old friends of mine. And now Pete and Angie, um, Angie says to me, she goes, you know, Brim, I love what you're doing with the comics and the kids books and so forth. Well, you know, Pete, Pete wants to put out a couple of his kids books and we have permission from um, from Lucasfilms to use the Chewbacca character. Um, but we don't, you know, we were dealing with somebody, we, we weren't sure what to do. So I said, well, um, I, you know, I started giving them some of my ideas and uh, some, some, you know, pointers. And she goes, Brim, you know, like, would you, would you just be interested in, in publishing us? And I'm like, well, I guess it's time to open a publishing company. <laughs> so I, I opened Hound Comics Inc. And as soon as I did that, I had friends of mine from Disney and from Nickelodeon and other people that wanted me to put their pro their stuff out for them because I, I, you know, I was putting it out and I, we were doing it, um, you know, in, in a, a really nice way, but I had to make it up as I went, you know, I had to make all these new um, connections with uh, the printer. I have a long-term printer I deal with now and you know what I mean? And, and uh, make sure that the quality was going to be upstanding. I had to figure out all distribution and, you know, like this is this, it, I was just thrown into it, but, it was a mis it, it happened by mistake. Um, so like where it was like, a, I didn't expect to do that. I expected to do my own thing. And then all of a sudden it turns into this ginormous beast of a creature. And now I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I'm doing, you know, so it all, but had that not happened, I wouldn't have done a bunch of other things that I've done. So mm -hmm. each thing kind of pays tribute to the next. And, um, you know, some things happen by a happy accident. Some things happen because I wanted to do it, you know, but I had the, I did publishing before I did a, a, you know, a business called the um, uh, entertainment journal. You know what I mean? Uh, um, not, not, I'm sorry, the employment journal. So the employment journal was a publication 
that it was what do you call it? I built it from the ground up. And uh, it was all about, you know, uh, for employers seeking employees. And I had well over 100 pages in there of different, you know, major companies, everything you could possibly think of, you know, that were advertising in it. And I made really good money. Then I flipped that into career fairs and I was doing career fairs with it. You know, and I was doing that on the side while I was doing other stuff. You know what I mean? So the publishing aspect, the events, you know, coordination, I already knew about this stuff. So just kind of tweaking it and, you know, like kind of putting it and putting my own spin on it. That's how Hound Comics was born. Hound Publishing was born. Hound Kids was born. And, uh, you know, I took it and I branched out from there. Okay. That's uh, that's pretty cool. So what is your advice for people who want to get into the entertainment business and they, they want to develop it like a business? They want to build a brand. What would you advise to uh, a young, uh, you know, young person, talented person in that field? How should they go about it? First of all, I want to make sure that everybody understands that, you know, there's a don't be deceived by what you see on television, what you hear on the radio, what you see. You know what I mean? There's a lot of work that goes into being in entertainment. Uh, it is a full time job and you should treat it as such. If you're really serious about doing it, you should get an education. If you can go to school, make sure you go to school, strive to get the better grades. Strive to get that that degree because it will only help you later on. You know what I mean? Um, and, and you know, I always tell people entertainment can get you very, very far if you take the right path, if you work hard. First and foremost, you've got to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in you. Just like if you, what do you call it? If, if you're putting out a new product, you know what I mean? If you don't believe in the product, who the hell, who the hell else is going to buy your product, Right. So, you know, I, I say always believe in yourself, um, always put, you know, in 200% because 100% just ain't good enough. Um, you know, make sure that you take notes and, and speak to people that can mentor you and give you a good uh, idea of a direction to go. Um, you know, any, any, which way you, you, any which way you slice it, you need somebody to kind of teach you the ropes. That's part of going to school, pro wrestling. What do you do? You go to school to become a pro wrestler. You're an artist. You go to school. Sometimes you can do it at home, but you know, you go to school to be taught the finer things and, and how to do it like a master. Um, the same thing with music. You go and you're taught music. Sometimes you'll teach yourself at home, but you, you know, you also need to learn how, you know, to dissect a song and, and music. You see, there's so much more, intricacy that goes into each one of these different businesses. Yeah, yeah. You have to put so. your 10,000 hours. And so tell me, I mean, this is kind of a side question before we wrap it up. So I sure. don't to give me all the details, but just help me. I, I always wondered about pro wrestling. What makes someone uh, an outstanding success? So clearly it's not being able to beat someone else <laughs> better, right? It's, it's about something about building your character. It's, it's, but how do you, how do you get the promoters to, to say, okay, this guy, we're gonna make this guy win this this fight. So what what is what is it? What is the magic ingredient there? They uh they have to believe in you, they have to be believe in the character um or the persona that you're portraying. They have to know that you're gonna put asses in seats, and that's and that's what it comes down to. Awesome. So they're you know, like in the independent circuit, it's not like WWE or or TNA or AEW, stuff like that, um, you know, which are the bigger, the bigger promotions. Um, where they're investing money into 
pushing you and pushing the brand and seeing where you go. The smaller independents are looking to see how many assets you're putting in seats. You know what I mean? And and can you cut an interview? Or can you do this? Or can you do that? Um, what do you call it? And how much you know effort are you putting into uh, the promotion and and in your work ethic? Um, you know, and and if you're over with the crowd, being over with the crowd means you know you're either getting cheers or you're getting booze. If uh-huh. you're not, if you're if you're getting no reaction whatsoever, they're not going to bring you back because you're not doing your job. You know, <laughs> so um, you know, and now you got the bigger promotions like a WWE who they invest in, and you know they feel all right. Well, this guy has a good look, or this girl has a good look, and you know they have um, you know they have some great moves, and they can they can talk on the stick, and you know they can do a lot of different things. But you know, so now we're going to start investing more time into them. We're going to do vignettes. We're going to do more backstage interviews. We're going to put them over in this match, see how the crowd reacts. We're going to have them work the crowd, you know, and then it's, it's development. It's, it's, uh, you know, um, character development and so forth. And, and, you know, a, a little part of acting goes into that. And, um, you know, and, and there's, there's a lot that kind of goes into it. You know, that's yeah. why you've got guys like the rock, you know, who's absolutely tremendous and amazing. You got John Cena, you know what I mean? You've got people like that, 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 you know, stone cold Steve Austin that have gone on to do bigger and better things. Kevin Nash, you know what I mean? Outside of, of just pro wrestling. Um, Cause they're built into uh, brands and built into businesses. Uh-huh. So That's cool. You know, businesses within the business. So, so brainstorm. This this has been all fascinating stuff. So, people, you would like to learn more, would want to check out your products, check out your brands. Where do they find you, and what's the next thing that they should be looking out for uh, that's coming out uh, that you're bringing out? So, what do you call it? Anybody that wants to find out anything about me, you can go to therealbrimstone.com. Um, everything's there. All my social media is there. Please, if you're on social media. I'm very, very active on on uh, my Instagram at the Real Brimstone. Uh, I'm verified there. You know it's me. I'm the only one that handles my social media. It's me talking to you. If you engage with me, I will respond and we will have a great conversation. Um, I'm very, very interested in in meeting everybody um, as long as you're respectful. Um, all my social media, like I said, is on my my official website. Um, you can catch me every single week on a bunch of different shows. Uh, but my main show is the Grindhouse Radio, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on iHeart and every other, you know, network known to man. We're on like 30 networks syndicated, um, you know, worldwide. So, you know, you can find us anywhere. But the grindhouseradio.com is uh, is a lot of fun. It's what you call it, you know, pop culture talk. Um, and uh, you can see me in my element. And uh, coming up, I have a couple of films coming out that I can't talk about that are NDA'd. A couple of voice acting things that just popped. I have a new video game. Uh, that I did uh, um, one of the lead roles in for um, uh, Viking Vengeance, which just launched on Steam uh, the beginning of this month, which is a big game. Um, uh, the animated series, I don't want to take up all the time. But, you know, again, I, I, you know, I, I'm out there. So you can find so many things up on my official site and my social media, and that's the best way to catch me. Okay. Or at a con when the world opens up. Yeah, no, definitely. I'll check you out more. And I've seen a bunch of stuff already, but... Definitely a lot to lot to check out. And and if you, uh, dear listener, if you want to get into the entertainment business, then it's a great model. Uh, try to emulate uh, Brimstone and see how he does it and what he does and how he gets into these different businesses and cross-sells uh, his products and services. It's really, really fascinating stuff. So thank you uh, for coming on the show, uh, Brimstone. Um, any final words of wisdom you want to share with our audience? 
it was an honor and privilege to be here first and foremost thank you so much steve it was really really good time chatting with you um and for everybody out there the one thing that i ask and request of everyone is just be good to one another in this state of the world where everything is is becoming such a mess and and people are sick and dying and, and without getting political the fact of the matter is is we could always use a good person and somebody to go out there and, and help other people i'm very big on my charity work and i would like for everybody if you do one thing you know, um, find something that you're passionate about, uh, whether, you know, somebody in your family has uh, been sick with a cancer or terminally ill with something else or, you know, um, birth defect, whatever it is, find a charity that you're passionate about and give either a little bit. If you can't give money, give a little bit of time, whether it's an hour a week, a month, a year, doesn't make a difference. Even a little bit, every little bit counts and every one of them can use some help. Doesn't have to be monetary. Please give back to your fellow your, your fellow um, human. I want to say and be good to one another. That's that's what I'd like to leave you with. That's awesome. Well, thank you. That's a great way to to uh, wrap this up. So, uh, dear listeners, please uh, stay tuned. Uh, so I'll keep bringing you uh, people, maybe not as fascinating every week as uh, Brimstone, but uh, I'll try to get my game up. Uh, so stay tuned and uh, look forward to talking to all of you uh, next week. Thank you.